genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today we're about to go off on minute 43, which begins with the Andes saying, yes, they are in unison and ends with Angel asking Arthur Webley if he has a license for his firearm. And Neil Brown and George Hendricks are back. Welcome back. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for having us back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. Um, So right off the bat, we have a cut script bit. And this is the bit that I was alluding to. uh, I was alluding to yesterday. Um, And Mm. it is the fact that uh, when when Frank comes in and says, you causing trouble in the script, Angel says, I was talking to the and he air quotes the word detectives about the air quote (laughs) accident. And then Danny says, air quote, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> Frank Frank says, dreadful business, you free? And then Wainwright and Cartwright say in unison, yes, they are. Oh, great. <laughs> and that's the great edit you're talking about. Right. That's the great edit mm-hmm. where, where they, they're, they're responding to uh, Frank saying, are, are you free? And uh, we've edited together so that Frank asking you causing trouble is the thing that they're responding to. And you're much stronger, much clearer. Yeah. Yeah. Just better. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Even though I do miss the joke of of, of Danny going, yeah, with air quotes. <laughs> yeah, it, that's yeah, <laughs> that, that's funny. I will say much like uh, much like Nicholas rev- provoking the name of Simon Skinner in the previous minute. Mm-hmm. This feels like a little bit too far down Wicker Man. Like, you think? I don't know. Like the, how so? The accident. I don't, well, maybe because it's too Frank. Oh, it just seems a little too like a little too much attitude for Frank at this moment because he's still boiling when it's like, oh, that's it. You're just gonna go talk to a guy about some hedges. He's like exasperated. But I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't. I, I, I like. I like that they lost it. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. So yeah. See. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean. It cuts to the chase. Certainly. I just miss the joke about the. Um, with the with the mm. with the air quotes, um, I think that that was I I would have loved to see Danny do that because I think that that's funny, um, but uh, yeah, this bit about the uh, uh, Arthur Webley has been clipping hedgerows that don't belong to him, and the way that I love the way that bro, that that Broadbent says it because he says it as if there's more, right? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's a good joke. It's a good. Yeah. Joke. Nope, yeah. that's it. That's it. That's what you got to. That's what you got to deal with in the country. <laughs> right. Uh, I love that. Have fun, town mouse. <laughs> town mouse. Um, and then I love this establishing shot of them driving down the country road. Yeah, just the flat open spaces, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it's so, and it seems like it's so far away. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. I love that, and I love the my one of my favorite my favorite bits of editing are the ones that are 
uh, what I call question and answer Q&A editing, where you have a scene where somebody poses a question, maybe not actually a question, but something where you're like, I don't understand that, like, a, like pose a mystery, then you solve it immediately with the next cut. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that here where he says, why do we need the dog? And he says, it's not the dog that we need. And then you cut to Mr. Webley mm-hmm. just spouting gibberish in a close in an extended close up. And you're like, oh, OK. Um, I just I love that. I think it's great. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. And I, I actually really, I really like the tight shot in the car as well. It's a real it's it's very tight. I mean, it's, you know, basically you're just seeing the whole wind through the windscreen right but you've, yeah. the windscreen is basically the entire screen um, yeah. and you've got this really big alsatian in the back <laughs> it's like the head is bigger than everyone else's head <laughs> yeah oh good old saxon he looks so happy to be in a car he does he's he's <laughs> all dogs are happy to be in cars he's as long going as they to work. they're not going to the vet yeah yeah he's happy because he's going to work he knows he's got work to do mm-hmm. he likes his job i assume i assume uh yeah so this translation bit this sort of uh game of telephone translation um it's uh i i i love this this thing i love this this i love this joke the thing that is so interesting to me is that this joke plays in america at all but it does it plays like gangbusters but but it's it's an interesting thing because it seems so uh english countryside specific the joke but maybe I'm no. wrong. To I me, know. it seems universal no, because like everyone... Unintelligible is unintelligible. And if you had, you know, I mean, the, the, I mean, we've been bred with this with the whole King of uh, King of the Hill with Boomhauer. Nobody would understand what he says. You know, like this whole like such garbled patois that it's unintelligible for most people unless you just, just get a couple of bits and pieces out of it. This is the exact same thing. It's just now we have this whole like he says it, then it's translated, then it's translated, then it's understood. And then, you know, back up the telephone pole it goes. Yeah. Neil, I don't this... know what you guys are talking about. I, I understood every single word he said. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask what sort of accents are these? Because they're slightly, they seem slightly different to me. Um, uh, Mr. Webley basically just, it's no, it's like a Yorkshire, Yorkshire farmer's accent. Okay. And then uh, what's the name of the other chap? Uh, Walker. Yeah, PC Walker. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um his, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's similar. It's, it's different. It, it is a different kind of. Maybe it's kind of a little more of a, more of a Lancashire. I don't know. I'm probably getting that wrong, but they, they, they're probably from the same kind of. Well, I mean, they're supposed to be from the same place, obviously. But uh, I think that it's a slightly different part of the countryside that uh, Walker is, uh, is accenting. But. Um, Web, Webley, let me ask you guys this then. What, after you've found out what Mr. Webley says, if you then go back and listen to it again, can you pick any of it out? Or is it yeah, still like, just Yeah, like there's the, the fourth or fifth time I've listed the minute and I'm like, okay, there, I get lost about halfway in, but that initial a hedge is a hedge and that sort of thing. I, it's like, okay, all right, I'm following you now. I, I get it. It's more, it's almost like, uh, like, like I can understand it in like guttural noises of like, almost like musically where I'm like, oh yeah, that is kind of what that sentence would sound like if you just like grunted it. Um, but otherwise, like I can't really pick Mm -hmm. out any words necessarily. Not from him. PC Walker, I can, I can understand fairly well. 
Yeah, because PC Walker's just talking really fast. Right. I think more than Webley is like really kind of slurring and words are just merging into other words. But I mean, there, there absolutely are people like Mr. Webley um, in the UK and the countryside and that talk like him in the, in the English countryside. Um, and you know, the fact that Walker can understand him um, and, and then, you know, it, it just goes down the chain, like you said, this is how it works. And, and, you know, it would be absolutely understandable. It's absolutely understandable to me that Walker and Webley could be in the pub of an, of an evening just talking exactly how they do and understanding each other absolutely perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the fact that we get to see uh, uh, Walder Frey in a funny role. Oh, oh boy, yeah. Uh, David Bradley? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, David Bradley, today's uh, new addition to the cast. I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that I have never seen anything in his filmography prior to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone. Oh, really? I looked yeah. it up. You know, I haven't seen Wycliffe, but I've heard it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Our Friends in the North, I've heard good things about. Uh, the Way We Live Now is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I'm embarrassed. But yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a real fixture of my watching stuff. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, from Harry Potter going into Broadchurch and then his Small, but I mean, his his uh, recent, but no means small contribution to Doctor Who, mm-hmm. as weird yeah. and, and topsy turvy as it's been in yeah. uh, Game of Thrones. And very Game memorable Thrones, yeah. role in Game of Thrones. Again, he's, he's very sparing. Forever, yeah, he can be in anything, but he will always be Walder Frey to me because not not he's not the first time I've seen him because I've seen Harry Potter and I was like first time I was like oh look Filch is in Game of Thrones but then after about twenty seconds of him doing that I'm like oh he's a totally different guy here and he completely sets himself <laughs> yeah. aside but he does that in everything where. He just has a, he's always a grizzled old guy, but he's always just different enough to where you know you can separate him apart. You don't get his characters mixed up, really. He's yeah. a good character actor, George. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. That's, uh, so that's... for this guy, uh, might I suggest your, that you guys watch Harry Brown, if you've not seen Harry Brown. Okay. It's a really good British uh, vig- vigilante movie with Michael Caine. From uh, 2009. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember when that came that's out, Harry good. Brown. Oh, that's Airy Brown. Airy Brown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I love... Are you, are you yeah. related to him, Neil? Yes, yes, George. Um, <laughs> he's my uh, he's my great uncle. Mm. Cool. You know someone No, famous. I'm glad I'm not, because it's a... it's a it's another tough movie. It's another kind of, uh, but it's a, it's a, it's not quite as edgy as Dead Man's Shoes, but uh, <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I now associate him most with, with playing William Hartnell in, uh, in the, uh, Adventure in Space and Time movie. Sure. Um, even more so than him playing, actually playing the first Doctor in the, in the Christmas special from, was it two years ago? A year ago? No, yeah. It was just a year ago, right? Because it was 12 regenerating. Yeah. Was that a year ago? I don't know. I don't remember. I think it was a year ago. Yeah, it would have to be, because we didn't skip one. Mm. Right. Yeah. So it was like a year ago. Um, but I, I remember him playing. I, you know, I think that's uh, the role that I've, I've probably uh, loved the most of his, which was when he played um, William Hartnell in the, the biopic. Yeah, it's a great it's a great television movie. Yeah, it really is. It's really, really good. Um, and then his performance in, Bro- in the first season of Broadchurch is um, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really good as well um, as uh, Jack Marshall in uh, Broadchurch. But uh, 
Yeah, no, I mean, he just, he's in, he, he just pops up and stuff. And every time he does, I'm always, I'm always pleased. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to talk about his role in uh, The World's End because I love him in that movie mm-hmm. so much. <laughs> He has, uh, uh, I think, one of my favorite secret quotes of the movie. Yeah, the squicky straw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I drink out of a squicky straw? Um, <laughs> oh, I don't remember him. In the, but like I said, I haven't seen that since it came out. But uh, Yeah, he's great. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait and see. I'll wait and see. Yeah. I'll do I'll do a rewatch of um, of The World's End when you guys get to that. And I'll, I'll listen oh, yeah. to that one. Good call. Good guys. call. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we have another, another cut bit out of the, out of the script here that is, uh, very well, uh, edited together, um, where, uh, he says after, after Danny, uh, translates, um, what's Reaper moaning about, which by the way, Reaper, uh, one of the, one of the NWA members we mm-hmm. met, we met earlier. So it makes sense mm-hmm. that that's why he got sent out to this. Cause it was a NWA member complaining about it. A priority. Right. Priority, priority assignment. Right. Uh, so after he says that <laughs> angel actually says, right, that's not the point, Mr. Webley. Uh, and then uh, Webley says something else and, uh, uh, Walker and Danny translated to, um, why, why are you, why are you picking on me? It's, um, Let's see. I'm not the one running about all hours of the bloody all hours of the night like the bloody hoods. And then oh. Angel says, "Them bloody who?" And Danny says, "Hoods." Angel says, "What does he mean by that?" And Danny says, "Probably them kids." And then that's when Angel turns and says, "Mr. Webley, I appreciate your position." Yada yada. So there's this whole bit with the with the hoods and the hoodies. Uh, being uh, uh, brought up here um, that I'm very glad that they cut out. I'm very glad that they cut, but I do get some sort of uh, fan joy out of them getting a canonical name, the Hoods. The Hoods, yeah. yeah. The Hoods, yeah. Um, but uh, again, good good editing on uh, on cutting out that section. Um, also, you know, I'm, I'm low-key, like a, kind of a big fan of uh, Mr. Webley's fashion here with the... The robe oh, over yeah. the Adidas tracksuit and then the, yeah. the the knit cap. Um, it's uh, like two T-shirts on underneath that and then no telling what's going on from the waist down. Yeah. Yeah. I just that's I, I, I love that he put on a on a robe over what he's wearing because he's not he's not wearing pajamas unless this is what he sleeps in. And so he just associates it with pajamas. Maybe he does. Maybe there's a uh, maybe he doesn't have a heater. And so he just wears it's lots of layers. Probably quite chilly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. drafty. That's right. He's outside. Cold. He's, yeah, it's brisk. Drafty old brick house. Yeah, it's got those old. I like, how, I like how they've got They're him centered there. up right between the windows. That's just a nice little symmetry shot. How they just have him like right between. Because yeah, you, know, you don't really get to see any of the house other than this initial bit until you see the, like the outhouse later, and when we see in a later minute. Right. But yeah. That that I shot in particular they... is is very like uh, kind of Wes Anderson-y, especially with yeah. you've got like the chopped wood sort of on the right, and then the you've got the axe mm-hmm. in the in the yeah, log the on the left. Yeah, it's just very balanced, mm-hmm. um, and feels mm-hmm. feels very Wes Anderson-y. Uh, I really enjoy intentional symmetry in movies. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's very and it drives uh, me nuts soothing. when it's off. Like in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Sorry, Neil. Where they're they're doing this oh, long gosh. shot down the, the the board table to like the, the head of his company, it's almost, but not quite. And every time that scene comes up, it makes my eye twitch. Yeah, but not wink, just twitch. 
It's why I have trouble with the direction in stuff like the King's Speech and Mr. Robot. Um, this sort of like weird off-center direction uh-huh. in those. I, I I have trouble with it. I find it incredibly distracting because it's just um uh, it, I don't know. It it doesn't it doesn't it, it like it leaves like a like an itch unscratched or something. Just too many Dutch angles. Yeah, yeah. It really it really bugs me. It really bugs me. Um but uh anyway, uh anything well, else with well, this also, minute? Also oh, Yeah, also part of Webley's outfit is uh the ubiquitous shotgun. Um oh, so he's, yes. he's basically been called on by the police uh and he's come out to meet them. And he's felt the need to bring his shotgun. Yeah. But he does have it. He does have it un... I don't know what you would call that. Somebody who knows things about uh, guns. Breached. Would know better. Unbreached? Yeah. Yes. Or breached he's just it's got yeah, cracked open. Yes. So oh, it's breached. See I see. Yeah. 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 So he's basically... He's like, hey, I'm holding my gun because there's people on my property. But I have it, I have it breached because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not... This, you guys aren't a threat, so it's fine. I just don't have anywhere to put my gun, and it would be unsafe to just like put it on the ground. Um, so I'm just gonna, you well, know. Pre- I, presumably, he he has a, I don't know, some sort of kind of uh, stand for it or something. I mean, the, he'll have more than one of these things. Well, he might, he definitely does have more than one of these things. But in the house, he'll have a few of these things. I picture this uh, one going right over a, the mantel. He'll have a rack right over the fire. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, but I mean, he's felt the need to like pick it up and maybe just every time he goes outside, he just, yeah, you know, just in case mm-hmm. he sees it like it's a his fox whoopee. or something. It's a safety. Gonna... Yeah. Well, he uses it almost like a walking stick later. So, um, you know, that would have been funny. It, well, yeah, he, he does use it. Uh, he, he whacks something with it. Yeah. So he's like, uh, he, maybe he's, it's like a security blanket for him. <laughs> yeah. He feels comfortable with it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else from you guys? We good? Uh, I'm Walter afraid mm-hmm. not. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, go go check out uh, the other podcast, duelinggenre.com. Uh, we've got lots of them over there. I think uh, Harry Potter minutes should be returning very soon with uh, season three of their show covering Prisoner mm-hmm. of Azkaban. Speaking of uh, David Bradley. Awesome. Um, but uh, how many is there shows, anyone else how many in this movie? On in there? that particular one? Is there is there anyone else uh, in this movie that was that's in Prisoner of Azkaban? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's just him, right? Yeah, I think so. Which is well, isn't um, crazy. Which one does uh, does the inspector come in? Uh, oh, uh, Broadbent. Um, yeah, he's in six. That's I think. in six. Yeah, yeah six. Uh, he doesn't come in until yeah. later. So right? he's got yeah. a ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway. That's uh, that should be coming back. Uh, as Neil said uh, yesterday, we got Rocky Minute. Uh, Neil's been on that one. I think George, have you been on mm-hmm. Rocky Minute? Yep, I was on the first five minutes of Rocky too. Oh, okay. So go check that out as well. Um, Isn't and, that basically just Rocky? The first five. Yeah, minutes that, of Rocky we just too? basically recapped Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, and I think weren't you, uh, George? Weren't you just on uh, Mallrats Minute as well? Jay and Silent Bob Minute. Uh, no, I've never been on that one. Oh, you um, haven't been on that one. Okay. What have I been on recently? I don't know. I've been on a lot of stuff, but I forget. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, you've been, uh, on, you've been on Lord of the Rings, man, haven't you, George? Not since uh, first one. Oh, okay. Right, was, but yes, that, is the answer. Yeah, yes, I have been on that one, and I've been Rocky, and trying yeah. to think of other dueling genre. Support, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, man, I've been on that. Ferris Bueller, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, so all of that's yeah, all the, over, you guys. 
<laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, all of that is on uh, DuelingGenre.com, uh, including uh, Nick and I's previous show, Back to the Future Minute, you both were on the series finale we, of. We were. We were. We've been on that one. Oh, yeah. Long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so go uh, check that out. That's at DuelingGenre.com. And we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 44 for The Greater Good. The Greater Good. Edges, edging it. A love struck Romeo. Sing the streets a serenade Laying everybody low With a love song that he made Find the streetlight Steps out of the shade Says something like You and me, babe How about it? Juliet says Hey, it's Romeo He nearly gave me a heart attack He's underneath the window She's singing Hey, I'm my boyfriend's back Shouldn't come around here Singing up at people like that Anyway, what you gonna do about it?